Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. Avatar, I could right, care I'm, I'm less. Ooh, I have not Arch. seen it. Could care <laughs> less. Arch came into the end of year hot. He was uh, like, I have a yeah, lot of opinions. <laughs> Obviously, he needs to be in a uh, you know alien ocean to cool uh, off for a little bit and hang out with does. some armored whales. Uh, Maybe we're uncovering like an anti-whale ideology on Arch's part. He doesn't want space whales. He doesn't want the human drama of the whale. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Uh, that was our friends Rocky Haddadi and Oliver Jones busting my chops, as usual, over something I said about Avatar and the whale. So thanks a lot for that. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is in the control room. Happy New Year to one and all. <laughs> and in control, as usual, yes, right? Yes, always, always. And I'm very happy today to welcome Jen Cheney of New York Magazine and Vulture back to the podcast. It's always a great pleasure to have you on this show. It's a pleasure to be here, Arch. Thank you well, so much. you know, it's <laughs> really glad you're here and want, and want to hear what you're thinking about. And But first, let's go to the West Coast to our favorite transplanted Washingtonian from Observer.com and Emerson College, it's Oliver Jones back again. Aye, aye, matey. To, <laughs> to, to bust our chops. So here we go. So, uh, Jen, first of all, uh, what are you watching today? What do you like? Well, I think the big thing for this week is The Last of Us, which is the new big HBO show that debuts um, Sunday night on HBO and HBO Max. Why are you so important? Somewhere out west, they're working on a cure. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. It's based on a, a really highly regarded video game about a guy who's trying to transport a teenage girl. She, it, it's post-apocalyptic there's been a a fungal pandemic um oh, great different from a viral pandemic <laughs> there's a fungus among us yes <laughs> um and she seems to be immune to it so there's a possibility that she could perhaps like provide a, a vaccine um so that's sort of the main focus of it it stars pedro pascal and bella ramsey from game of thrones um and Catherine called birdie uh and they're really terrific together I do think it's very difficult. I, I wrote this in my review to do any kind of post-apocalyptic anything that doesn't feel a little bit familiar because we've seen so many of these kinds of stories being told in the past 15 years. So there is some familiarity to it. And certainly there will be for people who played the video game, but I still think it's extremely well done and well acted. And I'm now very afraid of mushrooms. Um, <laughs> You know, I find it interesting that HBO is trying trying to train us to watch their uh, dramatic series on Sunday night, that they've really kind of keyed on this Sunday night time slot. What do you think? They've been doing that for 30 years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Sopranos was Sunday night. Six Feet Under was Sunday night. Like, they've always had their big things on Sunday night. They have tried to spread it out a little bit more now. Um, they've had some shows. They were trying to make Monday also a thing. But I, I feel like Sunday night and HBO have always kind of gone hand in hand. It's just a question of whether they have a show that's like a Game of Thrones that is so strong that it's going to really draw everybody in. But 
they did very well with White Lotus season two recently in, in the yeah, same time yeah. slot. I I think they'll have good luck with with this show too. I just feel like it's kind of old school, like it because everything else streams and you can watch it whenever you want. And HBO, you, they they kind of want you to keep that appointment. So yeah, and I all. think it's I think it's working. I mean, yeah. I think that you know people have been talking about White Lotus. People were talking about House of the Dragon. I mean, I think they have really strong programming, and the the weekly rollout I think allows. Uh, a sustained conversation to, to happen. Whereas if you watched, you know, all of House of Dragon in a, in a weekend, you'd be like, you'd have a conversation for like a couple of days and forget all about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would argue, Jen, that uh, that Sunday night is their secret weapon. You know, it's the it's the mm-hmm. dragon they have that none of the other uh, streaming service mm-hmm. have. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would imagine that Paramount Plus would give their eye teeth to own a night. Right. Or, or even to be associated with something like that, you know? Well, it's so funny because in theory, Paramount does own a Sunday night because Yellowstone was a Sunday night show, but it's oh. not on Paramount Plus. It's on Peacock. It's very confusing. And I don't want to get into all that, but like, uh. <laughs> but I, but you're right. HBO yeah. can, can own Sundays and parlay that into HBO Max. You know, it's uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, this uh, episode is uh, Yellowstone. So I'm going to save that for a little later in the show because I I have some questions and I want your opinion for that. But for Oliver, what are you liking and watching? Well, I kind of went out of my comfort zone and sort of beyond the um, critics' recommendations because the critics didn't really like this show. Uh, but um, I've been watching The Mayor of Kingstown. Uh, on Paramount Plus. The inmates are running the asylum, and you're giving up the goddamn key. This war is what I'm trying to stop. It's a, a show about, um, basically about the two major industries in this country, which is incarcerating people and addiction. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, it's about a fixer uh, in a Ohio town uh, that is uh, surrounded a 10-mile radius all by uh, penitentiaries. And uh, it's an extremely bleak show. Uh, it's made... Um, uh, created by Tyler Sheridan uh, for uh, Paramount Plus, but I thought the world that it built and the honesty with which it 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 showed the machinations of this, right? How the prison industrial uh, complex really meets the rubber, you know, uh, the, where the rubber meets the road, and um, and it, it reminded me a little bit of David Simon type of show, except it didn't have that righteous indignation about it, right? It just sort of was accepting this kind of corrupt world that we live in. Uh, I found it oddly satisfying, and um, and it was good to see Jeremy Renner, you know, in fine fiddle uh, after his unfortunate uh, run-in with the snowplow uh, over the holiday. Yeah, well, I guess this was done before the snowplow. Yes, but the the yeah. uh, the new series, uh, the the new uh, season, uh, just uh, started on uh, on Paramount Plus. Hmm. Um, well, you know, I already opened this door, so I may as well uh, go go ahead and walk in. I've been fishing around for something to watch, and I figure I'm way behind on uh, Yellowstone. So uh, for about a week, I was on the internet trying to figure out how to watch it. And finally, <laughs> I I gave Peacock the five dollars, and <laughs> I'm starting in on number on season number one. What is the deal with Yellowstone? Th- this is the most popular show on television right uh yeah um, biggest audience biggest certainly biggest cable like basic cable show and and maybe biggest show overall uh and a show i don't watch 
So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> because one of my colleagues, he decided she was going to take the bullet and watch all of it. And I was like, uh-huh. well, if she's doing it, then maybe I don't need to. But <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's as simple as it's just a, it's a, it's a soap opera. It's a, uh-huh. a, a soap opera. And I think from what I understand, from what I've been able to glean, Tyler Sheridan sort of does this dance of like, this feels like it's sort of conservatively bent, but there are some liberal ideas kind of woven into it a little bit that it, it it's sort of, I think it is political in a certain, to a certain degree, but it kind of dances both sides so that it can appeal to the broadest possible audience. But yeah, it's just, it's a soap opera. That's I, it. I think it's a show. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jen. I think it, it part of its appeal is the idea that it's somehow a red state show or somehow a, a, a not, you know, a not from the coast show, you know, and I think that's kind of more perhaps perception than, than reality, you know, uh, but I also think that it speaks to Kevin Costner. I mean, uh, we've been underestimating that guy uh, in sort of every walk of his career. And he always, um, I mean, he generally delivers in uh, beyond what, what people's expectations of people like hanging out with Ke- Kevin Costner. Did you Arch? Uh, I, I felt like I was watching Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not, <laughs> I, I was certainly aware it was Kevin Costner, Costner <laughs> and uh, Costner. And, uh, you know, that was fine. And, and I'm going to very slowly go through this. I would like to say, so, so here's another topic on this, uh, which is kind of a lied. So I'm given Peacock the $5 to sit through the crappy commercials and uh, uh, Peacock, by the way, just strikes me as just uh, the dregs of the streaming world. (laughs) And when I get through the four seasons and I want to see the fifth season, then I'll have to drop Peacock and subscribe to Paramount Plus, which I haven't yet. I almost got Paramount Plus and then I figured out, oh no, you can't get the first seasons. So, uh, in 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 defense of Peacock, they do have some good shows. So while do? you have this membership, I would I would advise you to like take advantage of it as much as possible and and watch some other things. What what's on Peacock? Well, f- funnily enough, this show that is really great is is now going to Netflix. So you'll eventually be able to watch it all on Netflix. But um, <laughs> Girls Five Eva uh, is a very very oh. fun show that's on there. Um, hold on. My, I, I always forget the name of the show. It it's was so my funny. number one show. Go ahead. I feel like these shows are like, um, you know, like three card Monty in, in, uh, in <laughs> Square. like, uh, just when I pick it, uh, you know, uh, it disappears and they take my 20 bucks. You right. Know? My other very strong recommendation, both Rocky and I, mm-hmm. I think both picked this as our favorite show of the previous year. Uh, we are lady parts. It's a British mm-hmm. show about a Muslim punk band, um, yeah. all women, that is just so delightful. And we've been waiting and waiting for them to give give us a second season. We're praying they don't change their minds like everybody seems to do these days and not do it. We are Lady Parts. Here's a little something we thought you might like. But there is some good stuff on there. There, There is. It's like, it is very hit or miss. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as robust, certainly, as like an HBO Max or a Disney Plus, but it's not totally worthless either. I have to say, Arch, sitting here as someone who grew up in Washington, D.C., where NBC and, and, and the word peacock was associated with me with 
with with you and Jim Vance and George Michael, the idea of Arch Campbell having to pay for something called Peacock <laughs> is profoundly offensive to me. It's not uh, right. Uh, and That's it's absolutely not correct. right at all. I feel like we need to start a campaign, Jim. There's, it's, it's just uh, right. We got to get this guy on a comp list. Arch, Dorian Gensler, none of that. you all should ever play for, pay for Peacock. Yeah, never, ever. Well, you should have a lifetime pass for that one. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. I think that's why none of us work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Golden Globes took place this week, and... Um, what shall we say about the Golden Globes? Uh, let's start with the awards themselves. Uh, what did you think? Uh, are, does this does this pretty much anoint the Fablemans and uh, Steven Spielberg? No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I certainly very much expect him to be nominated. <clears throat> he got a DGA a Directors Guild nomination earlier this week, mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. In terms of getting nominated for Best Director at the Oscars, that's the the sort of most reliable indicator. But I don't think the Globes, especially now, are the like official anointer of what is going to win. I mean, if you go back, especially looking at what has won um, in the category that the Fablemans did for Best Drama, Motion Picture, those don't always sync up with what wins at the Oscars at all. Um, the only thing I think the Golden Globes does is it maybe allows people to prioritize or to you know, home in on some things that maybe they hadn't watched. I mean, maybe more people will watch RRR before they vote for the Oscars. Hopefully, I think a lot of people are watching Banshees of Inisherin, which won in the, the comedy category. The saddest film I've ever seen, comedy. Um, <laughs> it is funny, but I understand That's why they- That's a comedy? <laughs> um, it is, there are funny parts in it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely expect both of those shows, I mean, both of those movies to get Oscar nominations. Whether they will win, who's to say? Well, if I could just um, thank Jen for her excellent write-up of the show and her excellent, very thoughtful review of it, uh, because I read it and I didn't have to watch the show itself. Uh, <laughs> that was my so, goal. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jen. Uh, I have a, you know, you saved me some time and you hit all the salient points. I, 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 I When the Golden Globes does something useful, I, I think it's not as a predictor, but as an outlier, you know, and I, and I think in, in this case, it was with the... Um, foreign film, Argentina, 1985, uh, that nobody was necessarily thinking of or looking at uh, in that category um, and uh, and is definitely worth checking out. I mean, it's a it's a movie about the, the nuts and bolts of prosecuting a military junta, you know, and and it's a it's a very compelling film. So I, I appreciate that this the fact that it's a smaller body, it sometimes can attract, uh, uh, you know, a spotlight to where we might not otherwise be be uh, showing it. Uh, so I think it's that's more interesting than what it plays as a predictor. Sure, I agree. Well, uh, since the the uh, idea of what did you think of the show has come up, <laughs> I I would fade in and out of it. I I, I tuned in and out, and uh, and I think I'm personally getting a little tired of award shows. But Jen. You are the expert. What, what did you think? I mean, it was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, obviously it wasn't telecast last year because of, you know, the lack of a Black, mm -hmm. any Black person at all in their entire voting body and membership. Um, and also some financial issues that were raised um, that seemed a little bit dodgy, to say the least. Mm -hmm. 
And NBC only has agreed at this point in their contract to one year. So who's to say it will come back? We don't know. So there was this feeling of, you know, this is maybe the last time we're going to do this. I'm just going to say whatever I feel like saying. I really appreciated Gerard Carmichael's opening monologue where he just, especially I, I came to the show after watching E for two hours, act like nothing had changed. Never yeah. talked at all about what was going on on the red carpet. Right. And then Gerard like leaned straight into it and said, I'm only being asked to host this. I know because I'm black. A lot of the speeches were really great. I mean, and that's something you can't control for as an award show producer. You cross your fingers and hope that people are going to say things that are compelling. But I think they did a good job for the most part. They did cut off some people of giving people the room to just fly. Like Jennifer Coolidge is saying crazy things. <laughs> Let her go. Let her go for as long as she wants. I just want to say, you know, there were um, some of the people are in this room here. There were like five people that that kept me going for, you know, 20 years with these little jobs. And Ryan Murphy, you were one of them. You know, these, these little jobs that like kept me going. I, there was, it was like five, five Catherine. It was like, you know, you, Ryan, and, um, and let's see, we got, well, who else was there? It was just you, Ryan. And I think a lot of people like uh, Kay Huey Kwan, who won for um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Michelle Yeoh, there was a lot of reflecting on like, here's where I've been and here's what I had to do to get to this point. And I want to express that. And that, I thought that was all very great. I know some people thought it was in bad taste. I thought it was so funny when Regina Hall started laughing when she had to accept Kevin Costner's award for him. I always like how they write this. It's like, he so much wanted to be, no, I'm sure he did. He so much, I mean, if he won, I know he would have really won, but she won. So he so much wanted to be here, but because of the, un, it was been raining, the unprecedented weather and flooding, he has to shelter in place in Santa Barbara, Jesus. <laughs> no, this is, this is a sad story right now. This is, so always, he's, he's stuck in Santa Barbara. Let's pray everyone. But there was an awareness in Regina Hall's head. I know how this is gonna sound to everybody outside of California. This poor man is trapped in Santa Barbara. What a tragedy. And it was that kind of like awareness of how, how you come across in the moment that I, I really appreciated about what was going on during that. It was such a weird thing, uh, Jen, to like a, a night known for frivolous BS, you know, where, where, where everything is non-consequential and silly, you know, having to or, or choosing to through, through its host, pick someone who doesn't necessarily play that game, you know, who's going to be yes. like depressed and, and, and thoughtful and, and sort of uh, honest, you know, and I think it was a, uh, it was, it was strange people were ready for for one type of appetite one type of meal and they had a they had a different one and mm -hmm. uh, and you know anything that's off the beaten path i find interesting but i will say you know i um i i found my my tux in the back of the the closet uh and i got it dry cleaned in hopes that somebody uh, i used to get invited to the fox party but fox doesn't exist anymore uh so uh I wanted to show off the dashing eye patch, but nobody invited <laughs> me to a party. And it really wasn't much of a party. Uh, you know, it was mm -hmm. a Tuesday night. It was raining in LA. You right, know, yeah. it wasn't, uh, you know, a boogie down type of, of, of evening, uh, which it traditionally is supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to, you're supposed to cut a rug on the, uh, on the Golden Globes, right? And I don't think anybody was dancing uh, Tuesday night in the LA rain. Yeah, that's another thing, you know, moving it to Tuesday night and so Sunday night was uh, became for a while the award show night. And, and I, I, I sense people are 
just turning away from these kind of shows. <clears throat> well, it wasn't on Sunday because of the Sunday night football schedule. Exactly. And they're not going to touch that. No, they're not going to touch that. And it just, I think, I think they're, they're, even though obviously NBC has been showing Sunday night football, there was some kind of like break in the schedule or something that allowed for the Globes to always be on Sunday. It was definitely very odd. And I suspect, you know, it affected viewership that people didn't, I know I talked to at least one person who's like, I didn't know this was on on Tuesday because mm -hmm. they just weren't conditioned to think about it. Um, they had seen commercials even, and they just didn't, they were just like, oh, that's probably on next Sunday. Like they, they just didn't really like factor all of that in. Um, it, it's just an amazing uh, ride that we have a culture have made since the Heidi Bowl, right? Uh, where uh, Heidi bumped a football game and now Brad Pitt gets bumped by football. Uh, you know, uh, uh, football is so popular that you can't even mess with it with a movie star. If you took football out of network television, the entire system would collapse. It's yeah. the only thing keeping well, it alive. Honest and truly, I, I saw a list of the top 20 broadcasts on broadcast and all TV. Games. A, a couple of them were, were <laughs> basketball games, but most of them were football <laughs> games. So, yep. yes, you are right. So, Oliver, you're in L.A. What, what's the, uh, you know, what's the final word on the Golden Globes? Um. You know, I, I, I feel like um, people are sort of relieved to have it over with. Uh, I think it was a, a feeling of um, a slow motion car wreck, and maybe it wasn't quite as bad as, as, uh, as we had feared. You know, um, we, you have to realize, you know, uh, in addition to having these torrential rains, you know, where, where a lot of people were, you know, were hugely affected right, uh, yeah. in the last few days. We're still in a pandemic. We still have all of these things, you know, uh, hanging over our heads, you know, not to mention the fact that, you know, we're, we're in a retraction economy right now mm. in entertainment, you know, after having this big explosion, you mm. know. So I think there's just a weird feeling, you know, uh, going on. And, and, and of course, the, the, the conversation is still like, is there any reason other than Avatar that people will go to see a movie in a movie theater? Yes, it's uh, called Megan. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let, let's get into that. There is there's kind of a little movie that's making a, a big move uh, with Allison Williams, Megan. It's it sounds like uh, Chucky, except Chucky with A.I. or, or what's the story? I, I kind of think of Megan as do you remember like all the buzz that was around snakes on a plane because of the yeah. title and because of the goofiness of it. But then the movie exactly. just didn't deliver on it in any kind uh -huh. of way. This was one where it had the same kind of conversation boiling up beforehand, how absurd this is and how ridiculous this is. But then it actually delivered something uh, when people went and saw it. So it was sort of a, a snakes on a plane with a back end attached. Yeah, except I, I feel like it was a little bit of a different vibe. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Like snakes on a plane. I feel like people were going into that going, I want to see a schlocky, stupid movie. Oh. In which Samuel L. Jackson says there are mother snakes on a plane. Sorry, can we curse exactly. on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> You're um, bringing the heat on us, Jen. <laughs> um, whereas this was more like I think people people wanted this to be like sort of campy, and it is like just her doing that dance, like the the whole trailer, like just set off all these memes. It was sort of like a different spirit, or but but the same kind of excitement that you're talking about, and I and and it isn't a much better movie than Snakes on a Plane. Like, right. it's just much better constructed. I wish it had gone harder um, and, like, been even crazier than it was, but it's still it's still very entertaining, very well constructed, and, like, 
and and just the Megan memes. I'm not, I'm not tired of them yet. I'm really well, not. I can remember on a syndicated show that I used to watch on Channel Five as a kid, Small Wonder, uh, where it was like a little <laughs> robot, a uh, little, little sister, and and you know you poured water on her head and she would start to short circuit or whatever. Uh, yeah. and, um, and I just can't get uh, Small Wonder out of my head every time I uh, I see uh, the trailer for this movie. I'm still eager to see it though. Have you, Have either of you seen it? No, no. <laughs> I I I saw it. I liked it. I did. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm dying to, and and uh, and again, it's nice that a movie, any movie, can sort of seep into the conversation and to the consciousness. So I'm, I'm pro all kinds of movies. And it, cool. I mean, it also speaks to something, Arch, that you've talked about, um, and maybe both of us have talked about, which mm -hmm. is like horror is such a reliable genre. Oh yeah, and it, yeah. and it's, it's like the one genre I can think of where a lot of what's coming is original and it always performs at the mm -hmm. box office because it's usually not that expensive to make. And, you know, and sometimes there are sequels for sure, but like the stuff that Jordan Peele has done, this movie, like there's so many movies that have been original stories that have done very well. And that if it's a horror movie, they, they're they're willing to kind of put their money on it in a way. So. Well, not only that, but the horror movies have now sort of revived what's traditionally the dead season of movie going, you know, in, in mm -hmm. January and February. And uh, and because they tend to come out, you know, a lot of them tend to come out this time of year. Uh, yeah. So it's um it's sort of uh, turned traditional uh, ideas about when you release and 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 what, you know, what windows are worthwhile. So that's that's a good thing, too. Sure. How is box office these days anyway? And is it like two thirds of what it used to be? Uh, I mean, I don't know. All, all I know is that Avatar obviously has done extremely, extremely right, well. Right. And that has helped um, in recent weeks to to kind of boost things in general. But, um, you know, you're right, Arch. Like people people yeah. in general are not going to the movies nearly uh, as often as they used to. And I don't see that really changing a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's going to be moments where it spikes, like with Avatar or Megan mm -hmm. or a Marvel movie, but like consistent, like every weekend going, like that's not happening. I, I mean, I... I... Uh, honestly, I, I wish that we weren't talking about or, or that as a national conversation that we weren't talking about box office so much, because I feel like it's unfair, yeah, to the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, because because the movies take uh, the blame for it, you know, when there are so many other things, you know, mm -hmm. it is not Steven Spielberg's fault that the Fablemans have flopped in the box office. You know, it's not because he's out of touch or or anything like that. It's because our whole lives have changed and everything about how we consume. I mean, we, we have now at least a generation and a half to do generations who are uh, platform agnostic, you know, who, who don't care about these, you know, uh, um, going to the, to movies on an opening weekend. And, um, and so it's not Steven Spielberg's fault. It's not Tara's fault. It's not the movie's fault. It's, it's, it's something else. I do think uh, Tar is to blame for quite a lot of things, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Not the movie, the person, Lydia. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I do think people walk out of Tar and they say, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I know they're walking out of the banshees of Inner Sharon and saying, I didn't like it. Really? Really? Yes. Yeah. I love well, it. Well, you're a next door neighbor, Cinema Lou. Lou didn't like it. I haven't talked Lou to him about did that. Not like the. Banshee. I'm going to have to have a long conversation with Lou. <laughs> well, the thing about Banshees of in, in a Sheeran is that I felt annoyed and agitated for about two and a half days after seeing that movie. You know, I oh, just wow. couldn't shake off the 
the the the way that men act you know just the way that men communicate you know it just it's it's stuck on me like sap you know and um and i felt you know uh so so i, I don't know if i i liked how i felt but i admired everything about the movie especially the screenplay and the acting uh you know which were and and the setting you know all of that yeah. was just um was just uh fabulous and transporting i mean there's yeah, been the some music the opening the this, sweeping this uh and well, I did think, I mean, the sense of humor in it, I mean, yes, it is a very sad movie, but there are some very funny moments and it's very, very Irish in its humor, yeah. um, which perhaps <laughs> is confusing to some people because <laughs> it is a different kind of sensibility. Um, but, it, but you know, it did, Oliver, it stuck with me also a lot and not for the same reason, but I, again, I feel like that setting just felt like you were in another world. Yeah. Um, and it was, and Colin Farrell is just so heartbreaking and the donkey and like, I just I I thought about it for weeks afterward, and I can't say that about that many movies. So, are you pushing for Colin Farrell as? Uh, best oh, I think actor? he deserves a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Not Austin Butler. I I like Austin Butler a lot, especially because he's now literally become Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to stop being Elvis. Yes. Oh man, all my words are leaving me. Um, I, I just am so grateful right now. I'm in this room full of my heroes. He's uh, like Elizabeth Holmes. I mean, there, <laughs> it's definitely uh, the thing with Colin Farrell is that this year we've been able to kind of sit back and appreciate everything this guy has been, you know, across movies for such a long time. You know, he's been the heartthrob and now he's, a, you know, he's kind of a dean of actors. I mean, he's, a, he, he's an incredibly talented actor who had an amazing year, you know, above and beyond uh, his performance in uh, in Banshees. Uh, so I really think that there's a tremendous momentum for him. Even well, and stronger. also, like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I was just saying, even stronger than Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and I and I think again to go back to the Golden Globes, like you watch, he he seems to have such gratitude. Obviously, he had yeah. some serious issues earlier in his career, and he's so charming. Who doesn't want to hear that man give an acceptance speech? On right. <laughs> no one. <laughs> I have a recollection of being at the um, Four Seasons for a junket, you know, about 10, 12 years ago and seeing Colin Farrell there. And he had like a arm in a sling and crutches, you know, it was back in the time when he was still drinking and and he was, you know, he looked like he had just been in a bar fight all night, you know, you know, and it just speaks to the fact that uh this guy is still here and doing the best work of his life, you oh, know, and that's yeah, that's yeah. a meaningful story because I wasn't the only person, obviously, who saw him in that state. Sure, sure. Well, so uh, speaking of meaningful stories and bar fights, let's take a word to talk to Lou Katz about our enabler, Hound Radio. Love, love that segue, Arch. <laughs> you must have been working on that since last year. Yeah. For at least 30 seconds. Arch, I am glad to report that our special show every weekend, Sunday Night Stiffs, is back again this weekend. It's an hour of lost songs by a request. Starts at 9 o'clock Eastern time on Hound Radio at houndradio.com, of course. And if there's ever a request you want to hear, let me know. My address, Lou, L-O-O, at houndradio.com. Back to you guys. Before we get uh, out of time, I want to mention Barbara Walters and just say that it makes me incredibly sad that she's no longer with us. 
and uh, and what a uh, uh, an inspiration she was in television. Any thoughts on uh, Barbara Walters? I mean, you know, this was all said in the in the many things that were mm-hmm. written after she passed away, but you know, literally every broadcast female journalist that we can think of would not exist were it not for Barbara Walters kind of paving the way for them. And, you know, my relationship to her mostly was through the the Barbara Walters specials that she used to do. And I'm old enough to remember that, like, on Oscar night, you watched Barbara Walters interview some of the nominees beforehand. And that was like, that was what you did instead of watching interviews on the red carpet. You watched Barbara talk to people. Yeah. Tonight on the Barbara Walters special. Good evening. Well, here I am, all gussied up for Academy Award night in the entertainment capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. She really had a way of getting, even people, you know, would come to her and know that she was famous for making them cry and like Mm -hmm. do their damnedest to not let her, let her pull that on them would fail. Like she just had a a way of kind of easing people into like feeling real emotion that I think was a real skill. Yeah, it was definitely uh, an old school drinking game to uh, take a sip when the when the interviewee started dr- uh, to cry. You know, <laughs> the, of, of the thing, but I think it also speaks to an era, Jen, when like um, celebrities were not all over the place and where their stories did not play out in real time. You know, on our you know on our computers. You know, when when we could hit, hold their private par- uh, their, their their private ruminations and thoughts in a in a basket. You know, uh, and 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 she was the keeper to that, you know, to that throne. And um, you know, I I think it's kind of hard to imagine TV. She's one of those figures. It's just hard to imagine TV without her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, she seems she seems like she is television. Well, I think uh, what what one of the things it means is the kind of TV that she uh, was the queen of no longer exists and uh, that also makes me uh, kind of sad so i miss her it's time for flashbacks and favorites jen every time you come on throw up a question uh, flashbacks Good evening. and favorites well, here i, I am all gussied up for academy award night in the entertainment capital of the world <laughs> you didn't los think angeles of one? california <laughs> no and tonight we bring you an academy <laughs> well, award nominee well, i just Walter i thought of one just now yes Okay, I don't know if this, it's not really a flashback, but Uh um, is there, I'm thinking about this because they just released the trailer for the movie adaptation of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Mm. um, which I am terrified about them making that into a movie. It's such a sacrosanct work, um, especially for for people like me who read it when they were young girls. But the trailer is actually pretty good, so I, I feel a little more hopeful. Is there a book, be it from your childhood or anything, that you still wish they would make into a movie that they haven't made yet? Hmm. Uh, yes, I've got one. I okay. wish they'd make a movie of My Aunt Nia by oh. Willa Cather. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It feels like they would have, right? Well, I thought Robert Redford was going to do it one time, but I think not. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I can't think of one. I feel like our childhoods have been so thoroughly robbed by the content-making, <laughs> you know, machinery. Yes. Like, yes. whatever's left, I want to hoard to myself and say, stay away. I mean, you, you mentioned Judy Bloom, You know, uh-huh. that's sort of like the Dead Sea Scrolls for Gen X. You know, I mean, that's, that, that's like, you know, it's like uh, Joseph Smith finding the tablets in the woods. That's what he looked for, uh, for us growing up. So I'm just like... I'm like, stay away. I want to put up the big cross, you know. Speaking of being robbed, we're about to run out of time. (laughs) So I just 
want to thank Tim Cheney of Vulture and Oliver Jones of Observer.com and Blue Cats. And we will be back very soon and have a good week. Great to see you guys again. Yeah, thank you so much. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.